I'm Anastasia Glova. Welcome to Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, January 18th. The White House has signaled in no uncertain terms that President Bush will veto the stem cell bill that passed the House of Representatives last week and is now in the Senate. Meanwhile, New York Governor Elliot Spitzer has offered to put a $2 billion bond issue on the ballot to provide funding for stem cell and other medical research. California Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger already managed to get a similar $3 billion measure passed. Is state funding a researcher's only hope? Director of Bioethics Studies Sigrid Fry-Revere is more than a little bit skeptical. Any thoughts on Elliot Spitzer's bond measure? Well, I think it's a big mistake. Um, for one, any time there is government funding, it takes a long time to initiate the actual research. He's suggesting that voters vote on approving this bond measure next November. So, you know, we're talking about 10 months from now where it gets voted on. And then after that, you have to worry about actually figuring out how to get the money to get the interest on the money, to establish the agencies that are going to distribute the money. And if it happens like what happened in California, which is actually the state that first issued bonds for stem cell research in 2004, not a single penny has been distributed in grants yet because it's tied up in litigation. The money, the bonds themselves haven't been issued, and there's just all sorts of administrative problems. So the only research so far that has begun in California is on old research money or on actually loans from the private sector to the state. Why does government funding tend to impede research instead of promoting it? Several reasons. One is the one that I just described where it takes a long time for the government to get the ball rolling. Second, particularly when something is controversial like stem cell research that will end up in litigation as it did in California. That's being challenged on constitutional grounds and on administrative grounds. But the primary issue is that people who don't believe it's ethical don't want to be contributing tax dollars to support it, and so they're fighting it. And if it were private dollars doing the research, they would have no grounds to challenge it. President Bush is obviously going to veto the stem cell funding bill again. So it's reasonable that states are going to try to counteract this by offering their own funding to attract researchers. Well, they don't have to, really. I mean, they don't have to counteract it with funding. They can do what Missouri did. In this last election, Missouri passed a constitutional amendment to their state constitution, which makes all forms of stem cell research, which are legal under federal law, legal in Missouri. And what happened when they did that, within days, the Stower Institute, which had backed the amendment, came in and started research. I mean, the facilities were already there. They had assembled an international team, and they had $2 billion in the bank. Not a promised bond issue, not taxpayers' dollars, but just straight private funding that's going to go into that research, and it has started. It's not starting after next November's election or three years from that when the litigation is done. It's been going on now for two months. If that's true, why aren't private companies in New York and California giving out research money now? What are they waiting for? Actually, a lot of them are giving research dollars already. Harvard has more research grants for stem cell research than NIH does, and it's all private money. The issue really is if someone is giving out a handout or if someone can argue for a handout, why not take it? So if you can get government money, it's easy money. They don't have to raise it. They don't have to dip into their own pockets to get it. And it's another source of funding, which, if they can get it, it's easy money. So that's why they're trying for it. 
Is a federal ban on stem cell research possible? Oh, anything's possible, but I don't think that's going to happen. The problem there is actually that several states have already banned cloning without really understanding that part of stem cell research, particularly therapeutic stem cell research, involves cloning the embryo, which I think is important to note that the embryo involved here is smaller than a point made with a pencil on a piece of paper, and that's what they're cloning in order to create a stem cell line. And so when some states prohibit cloning, they might be prohibiting stem cell, embryonic stem cell research at the same time. But that's probably going to end up in litigation, too, to see exactly what they mean when they prohibit cloning. What they really want to prohibit is reproductive cloning with the intention of creating a pregnancy, as opposed to just creating more little dots to do research on. Then how should states remain competitive? I mean, these grants are necessary to attract researchers to the states. Really not at all. A really good example is 30 years ago when they were beginning to study in vitro fertilization as a means of creating children for people who were infertile. There were lots of cries about tampering with nature and that this was unethical. And the federal government reacted by saying, we will never fund such research. Scientists cried out, we'll fall behind in reproductive technologies, we'll have a brain drain, we're leaving infertile couples high and dry, they'll be going to England for treatment. Lo and behold, today, the infertility business in the U.S., the IVF business in the U.S., is a $16 billion a year industry, the biggest in the world, without a single penny of funding from NIH. The same thing could happen with stem cell research We don't need to be paying the research and development costs for large biotech companies. What you're doing is you're taking the riskiest part of the business and having the taxpayer bear that burden instead of the people investing in it. So you're essentially doing the research and development for those companies who then will earn billions of dollars once they have the actual products or their actual treatments. So you're creating a situation where you're subsidizing the biotech companies. And as what happened with in vitro fertilization, there's no need to do that. If it's worth investing in, they'll invest in it. And you can't tell me that treating infertile couples is less worth investing in than curing diabetes or cancer. If you enjoyed this program, consider subscribing to Cato Audio, a dynamic 60-minute monthly recording that brings you inside the Cato Institute for highlights from exceptional, one-of-a-kind lectures and events on key issues of the day presented by nationally known scholars, authors, and political leaders. Cato Audio is available on our website as well as on iTunes and audible.com.